What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So going into Game 2 of the World Series, you know, even I said that it felt like the Braves stole the momentum even after just one game because of the way they look in Game 1 and whatever. But basically, we had a complete flip of the script in Game 2. So Game 1 was a 6-2 Braves victory. Game 2 was a 7-2 Astros victory. Astros came out swinging right out the gate and you know, scoring four, sorry, five runs in the first two innings set the tone. And they had a really good game. Jose Urquidy making just his second start in the last couple months, actually. And got stretched out a little bit because against Boston, he only lasted two innings. And this time, five innings, two earned runs, seven strikeouts for him. Offense did its thing. Altuve, two for five with a home run, a double, an RBI, and two runs scored. Jose Altuve just seems to homer all the time that I watch the Astros. It seems like whenever I watch the Astros, Altuve homers. He does big things. He also does just hit home runs in general, so I guess there there's a good chance that I see him homer if I watch you know an Astros series or something like that, but I digress. Nonetheless, it was a much-needed turnaround for the Astros' offense that couldn't really get it going in Game 1, but plenty of guys, I mean, all but two players had a hit in this game, and you know, obviously we know that hits aren't everything. Even the two players who didn't have a hit had an RBI or a run scored or whatever, so contributions all throughout the Astros lineup yesterday and they just kind of jumped on Max Freed. I, I thought that we might see a shorter leash on Max Freed, but I kind of liked how Atlanta left him out there because they were kind of saying like, okay, there's no point in us going to the bullpen. They've tagged you for a few innings, but you know, you got to stick out there and give us some more innings. And that's what happens because they already lost Charlie Morton after you know, two and a third in game one they can't have another short outing with max freed or else that just puts way too much stress on the bullpen so freed gutted out five innings even though they did tag him for six earned runs he was able to gut out five innings and yeah so it was it was just a lot of offense from the houston side this series is now tied but there will be three consecutive games in atlanta you know i've talked about this a little bit before saying how i don't think that two three two is a good format because I feel like the pendulum swings way too far in the direction of the team that's not the home team or for the team that doesn't have home field advantage because for a team that doesn't have home field advantage like the Braves, they get a split on the road. They're going back home to play three consecutive games. That seems a bit too lopsided for me. I think the better format would be 2-2-1-1-1, which is what some other sports have moved to. 2-3-2, I think generally the reason why why they do it, or at least historically why they've done it, is because it involves less travel. You know, 2 2 one, one, one obviously is traveling you know, back and forth, back and forth between the cities, but 2-3-2, you know, calls for less travel. And I actually heard that it's not even necessarily for the players, it's for the media. So the media doesn't have to do all that travel. That's something I remember hearing a while ago. That was for like another sport. I would imagine the motivation is is consistent across all sports because we're all watching this on major broadcasts anyway. 
So 7-2, the final score coming out of Houston in Game 2. Game 3, will this will be an interesting one. Two young arms. Luis Garcia, rookie right-hander for the Astros, and then Ian Anderson, I believe he's still a rookie, with the Atlanta Braves. That's going to be the pitching matchup we see. Truist Park, Atlanta, Georgia, Friday night. So that's going to be interesting. You know, last time we saw Luis Garcia, absolutely filthy stuff, completely dominant. And the Red Sox just looked foolish. And Ian Anderson was also very good in what was the clinching game against L.A. to send them to the World Series. So expect to see good pitching tomorrow night. And some news has come out of San Diego. I'll probably touch on this as we get more details, but the Padres have found their manager. They're going to hire Bob Melvin. Yes, that Bob Melvin from the Oakland Athletics. So the Padres wanted a manager with experience and a history of success. Well, look no further than Bob Melvin. And I don't know what happened with with uh, Melvin. Well, yeah, so what I'm seeing is that the A's picked up his contract for 2022, but they agreed to let him interview with the Padres, who will not be sending Oakland any compensation in return. So Melvin just got a... I guess he just got a better job. That's pretty much what it is. He, he interviewed, job interviews, and the Padres offered him probably a better opportunity than what he's having with Oakland right now. So Melvin's a three-time manager of the year award winner. And, I mean, 11 seasons with Oakland, that's a long stint. That's He, he spent the last 11 seasons with Oakland, although before that he was with the D-backs and the Mariners. But, yeah, I mean, he's led Oakland to four consecutive winning seasons. So he's taking over a Padres team that finished 79-83 this year, despite the fact that they enter with World Series aspirations. So, yeah, I mean, Padres get their guy, and we'll see what happens there. And it's kind of funny because I've been seeing a lot of posts about the Mets having struggles to fill their president of baseball operations role. They've tried to interview, like, so many guys who've, like, basically declined the offer, which is kind of kind of interesting because you would think that a lot of people would be jumping at the opportunity to, be, to become a president of baseball operations, but I guess not for the New York Mets. So that's that's something they all, they'll have to figure out. But So we have that, and then also apparently Gold Glove finalists were unveiled. I, I'm not even going to go through this. I just realized to myself, I mean, I've thought this before, but I'm just going to say it here. But I don't really see the point of finalists. The only reason, it seems like the only reason why they're announcing finalists is just to stir up some hype and, you know, create some media, get some more clicks for the awards, get some debates and things like that. But these votes have already been cast. These votes were cast at the end of the regular season. All the votes are already in. It's not like you're going to see the finalists and then vote again. So we already, like, well, sorry, we don't know, but the votes are already in for Gold Glove. They're already in for Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, MVP, all the major stuff. But it seems MLB is just doing the finalist thing so we can get some discussion around the awards as, you know, as we get closer and closer to award season, which would be later this offseason. So that's my opinion on it. So I'm not really going to go through it. If you want to check it out, feel free to do so. But I, I would rather wait for the actual announcement for who actually wins the gold glove because there's really no point in discussing participation trophies, at least not of this flavor. So. There's that, but that's going to do it for today. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who would be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.